Hi, I'm Dr. Pam Peek, and welcome to episode 435 of Her, the podcast where you're going to hear the truth about her mind, her body, her life, and today her exercise recovery. What? Recovery? I know I got you at exercise, but I bet you didn't even know recovery was a thing. It is, and after this episode, you'll be totally clued in. It's going to be superb because you know my middle name is When Can I Exercise? All right, before we begin this marvelous episode, just know that this is made possible by our sponsor at Solaray Vitamins, S O L A R A Y Vitamins. Another reminder, especially to all my ladies out there in the Herb Podcast land, you know you try to get your leafy greens, you know you try to get those five colors and all that clean eating, and you start out the day with that nice little thought, and by the end of the day, nothing has happened. Okay, so we have your back, and it's called Multiple Vitamin by Solaray. So run on over to solaray.com to learn more. And also, here's your first reminder to run on over to iTunes after the episode, click onto iTunes, and rate and review the show. Because my entire team just sits around waiting for your feedback. That's right. Your feedback is platinum to us. All right, let's go. It's time for Her. Her, the podcast. The naked truth about women. Her mind. Her body. Her life. It's all about Her. So as you all know, I'm a nutcase about physical activity. So wait a minute, just excuse me while I stand on my little soapbox here. Okay, here we go. It's not just about physical activity anymore. As I sit on the board of the American College of Sports Medicine, we're now beginning to talk mm, about recovery. Like, what do you do after you've just absolutely decimated your body with some wonderful sports activity or just hanging out in the gym and doing your thing, whatever. Recovery is a thing. And people oftentimes just finish up what they're doing, just walk away. Meanwhile, like things are starting to hurt and you're getting a little stiff and there's an owie here and there and you blow it off until you can't blow it off anymore. We're going to kind of go to that place now because it's not just about the physical activity It's also what you do afterwards and also in preparation for physical activity. There's like a whole thing that goes on. Who better to talk about this than my wonderful guest, Tim Roberts. Now, Tim is the Therabody Vice President of Global Science and Innovation. Now, how many of you, raise your hand if you already have a Theragun, all right? This is a massage gun or any of the Therabody products that help you with the whole recovery effort. Well, listen, it's the global leader. So at the end of the day, listen up to Tim because Tim is clued into this whole issue of the science of recovery. He received his undergraduate degree at the University of Birmingham in England, his master's degree at the University of Tampa, Florida, He has a background in exercise, physiology, biochemistry. So he has what we call street creds. So this is why you have to listen to him like in a major way. He's also spent many years working with athletes and athletic associations, helping them with what we're going to be talking about today. 
Tim, welcome to the Herb Podcast. Thank you for having me. It's a privilege to be able to talk to you about recovery today. Well, I just want to listen to your accent, which every time we talk sounds so cool. I'm a total lover of all things United Kingdom, but what can I say? So, Tim, why is this whole issue of recovery becoming a thing now that you talk about in the gym that where products are being developed and are made available to both men and women? What's going on? Why is it so important to talk about recovery? I think that's a great question. And I think for me, the answer really starts with how you started today's podcast when you talked about physical activity, when you talked about exercise and the importance of it. And what we know about exercise and physical activity is that if you can do it more consistently, you're going to get better results, better benefits from that. However, to do that more consistently, your body has to be ready to go again. Your body has to be ready following that last time you exercised to go again. And that's where this recovery topic really comes in. And I think that's why it's so important. If we can be more ready to show up and to exercise and and, and complete more physical activity, we're going to be healthy people. And that's the key. So we're going to show up and we're going to do physical activity. Sometimes I don't even use the word exercise because, you know, some people call it the E word and they're like, oh my God. And And they have bad dreams about being beaten to death in the gym. So I just say physical activity because nowadays, quite frankly, look at all the sectors out there. Easy to talk about athletes. They're kind of a blow off. We already get it with them. And so they already know the incredible importance of recovery because you can't walk around with inflamed tendons and ligaments and muscles. And if they get all tightened up and they hurt you and then they impact upon performance, you got a problem. So they do it more functionally because they're in competition. But for the other 95% of people out there, you got people who are just trying to get healthier and they're showing up and they're doing all kinds of things, whether it's an actual sport and or hitting the gym and doing everything from yoga to Pilates and, and back and forth. So people, I think, are beginning to veer toward the health place, which is very important. So athletes are doing competition and it's functional for them. I mean, they have a job to do. Whereas the rest of us are really looking to optimize our health and our performance. We have recreational competition and fun things like that. But why hasn't there been a greater emphasis on this whole issue of recovery? To me, I think it's we're only as quick as scientists learn. And I think what we've seen over the last 50 years is a massive investment in research and better understanding physical activity, better understanding what types of physical activity are good for you and what are the effects of those types of physical activity. And now we're seeing the shift. Now we're seeing the shift into, okay, recovery. What does it mean to recover? What things might help you recover? And I think you're spot on when you talk about the everyday person and, and the way they can consider recovery. I think, I think if everyone kind of step inside their own shoes for a second, think about the time when you've done some sort of new physical activity. That could have been you got a new dog and you're going to go walk the dog and you don't typically go on two, three mile walks on a normal day. It could be your new gym membership at the beginning of January, or it could be the grandkids wanting to come over and kind of play sport over uh, at the park. And you've probably woken up sore the next day or especially two days later. And I think what's key is is the body has natural processes that when you've done some physical activity, it wants to get 
adapt. It wants to get stronger. It wants to repair that damage that might have occurred to the muscles. And what we're seeing now and where the science is picking up and why it's becoming a thing is there's ways to help these natural processes. There's ways to accelerate them, to get rid of that soreness. And to your point, allow you to go back to like having a better quality of life and wanting to feel better and wanting to move more as quick as possible. So tell me, you know, many people have never used one of these, what we call a massage gun. What do they actually do? Great question. I think what's so interesting is you can actually look back thousands of years and humans, humans are pretty good at figuring out, especially before the science and the research has, has backed it up. They're pretty good at figuring out things that help them, things that are beneficial. So you can see thousands of years ago, massage was a thing. Ancient civilizations, even I think it started in ancient India, as you'll see a lot of the records. And you can see over the centuries since massage has been a thing, physical touch has some sort of benefit. Uh, humans have known it, and now we're starting to understand it. The second one is vibration. The idea, if you if you expose vibration to the body, it has a benefit. And you actually see records of this in ancient Greece as well. They would treat soldiers, wounded soldiers, with mechanisms that would help the body vibrate. When we think about kind of touch, massage, and vibration, I always remember as a kid, if I was to fall over, scuff my knee up, or bang an elbow, my parents would tell me, rub it, rub it kind of that kind of stimulus of let's kind of make it feel better, take away that pain. So really the evolution of that now is what we have with the massage gun and percussive therapy, the idea that vibration and applying pressure and massage to the body has benefit. And what we see now is with the massage guns is they're going to increase circulation. So we know circulation is such an important process in the body. It's going to help deliver all the good stuff to the muscle, to the way you want it. And it's also going to take all the bad stuff, all the waste products away from the muscle as well. Not only will it do that, it will actually reduce tension. So your, your body and your brain and your, uh, your nervous system can control the tension that you hold and carry in muscles, and it will help reduce that tension. And then also it's going to send signals to the brain as well. And we know that there's a scientific phenomena called vibratory analgesia, and actually using a massage gun can actually help reduce soreness, reduce aches and pains itself. So not only are you increasing that blood flow and that circulation to help those recovery processes, you're reducing tension and reducing pain as well. And that's why this massaging industry has really taken off because those benefits can really help anyone. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I, I really started using it a lot when I began marathon and then I continued it into triathlon. And I can tell you, and I was just using a masseuse, a sports masseuse who was really helping. At first I thought, you know, why do I need anybody? I could just, you know, slip into a tub and just try to get this inflammation down only to find out that, mm, you know, that massage, that, mm, that does different things. And it felt phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. So I was sold already. But the thing is, I can't haul her around with me all over the United States when I need somebody. So the first time I ever used a gun was a Theragun. And what was interesting was, you know, I'd heard about it from a number of my athlete friends who also have the small Theragun, which is portable, so they can use it on the on the go one way or the other. And I wasn't quite sure what it was all about. And then I really, really felt it. I have extremely tight calf muscles. I mean, they're just tight as a drum. They're also, excuse me, you know, pride moment, they're 17 inches around. So my genetics are superb. And I have like this wad of muscle there that's helped me with all kinds of great things like 
cycling and all that stuff. But, oh, man, do they get tight. And that's when I began to realize I could actually utilize something like a Theragun right on my calves. And, man, did that, oh, that was amazing. I was actually shocked how much it loosened me up. And I kind of knew exactly where to go because you could really feel where the a bit of pain was. Okay, a lot of pain because you're inflamed and that's what you do. And then I was sold. I was like, you know, this is my new best friend right here. I absolutely love it. What do you think? And Well, you bring up a great point about the massage therapist and not all of us can be professional athletes and have our own massage therapist and manual therapist that will travel around with us. And something that we're very proud about, kind of proud of at Cerebody as the industry leader and really the inventor of the massage gun space is our commitment to research. We feel that for us to optimize our products, to make our products the very best they can be, but also to better understand how they can help people, scientific research is really the, the forefront of that. And we actually have a published research study. And what we did is we, we used a, a very scientific method called tensiomyography. Basically, it's a clever way of looking at how does the muscle contract. And what we did is we made people exercise, and then we compared different interventions to see how quickly did the muscle return to baseline in terms of how it contracts, the strength and the force it can produce. And very interestingly, we had, so there was vibration in there, there was nothing, just rest. There was a uh, massage gun and atherogen percussive therapy, and there was also manual therapy. So a massage therapist applying that to the calf, it was actually to the calf as well, as you, as you talked about. And what was quite amazing as well is that we saw that two minutes of using your atherogen on the muscle had the equivalent same benefits as 15 minutes of massage. So not only do you have that portable solution for you kind of in terms of a recovery tool you also have something that's very very efficient that you can get those benefits very very quickly and we all know how busy we are and if we're trying to add this we're so busy we're struggling to just do the physical activity but now if we're trying to add in recovery afterwards it can be very overwhelming but the theragun was able to produce those results so quickly that's amazing so that's 15 to 2 wow yeah that's very cool And for all of us who feel like we're running on gerbil wheels for a life and we don't have enough time to breathe, that's welcoming news, to say the least. Because, you know, at the end of the day, so what if I don't take care of recovery? What if I don't? I say, oh, I'm going to blow you off. I mean, I haven't got the time, whatever. I got to rock and roll here. Don't have it. So what's the downside of not paying attention to recovery? It's a complex question that we could probably spend, the two of us could probably spend the next 10 hours talking about. But I think I think a lot of it will be determined by the type of exercise that you're doing. Is it very high in metabolic cardiovascular demands versus is it very mechanical stress of lifting weights, etc.? So a lot of it will depend on that. A lot of it, importantly, will always depend on the individual as well. Like, how often are you typically exercising? How fit and healthy are you? Is this something new endeavor to be more physically active or something that's part of your regular, regular time? But I think if you neglect it, if you, and when I think about neglecting recovery, really your foundations of recovery are going to be your sleep, your nutrition, your hydration. And then on top of that, you have these amazing tools, which you can then accelerate those processes going on in the body. But if you neglect those things, it ultimately will increase your injury risk. So over time, injury risk will increase. It'll also lead to aches and pains, soreness, 
there's often psychological effects. You're not going to be motivated. You're, you're not going to be kind of feel like you have the energy or desire to want to go exercise again. And we go back to the, how we started the, the podcast again. Physical activity is this wonderful thing we have for our health. And if you're not giving yourself a chance to recover, you're not going to be as, as active as you could be. And there's a lot of different things that go wrong from there. You know, it's interesting. I was talking to a colleague who is not an athlete, who works very hard to show up at the gym and do their thing and really trying to stay in good shape and everything. And his response to me when I was mentioning the word recovery, he says, oh, I already do that. And I said, oh, well, that's cool. What do you do? He says, I stretch. Okay, so what? <laughs> help me understand how do I come back to him with an appropriate response to that? That is a great question because stretching can be very important in terms of in general movement and can help a lot of people. To me, I would come back to what we described earlier. So when we exercise, there's these natural processes that occur. You've used the word inflammation a lot today. And one of the things that will happen is you'll be physically active and the body will naturally have this inflammatory response. And that's the body's way of going, hey, send nutrients, send blood to this area. So if you've gone for a run, there's going to be an inflammatory response in that lower body. And it's like, hey, send me stuff. I need help. Our body will increase circulation, delivery of nutrients, et cetera, there, and kind of help remove some of that waste products and help those muscles repair and be replenished. And to me, when someone says, yep, I stretch, I would really want to go back to, okay, but there's other things that you need to be doing to help those natural processes in the body. And I would start with, are you getting the right nutrients? Like, are you getting a good night's sleep? You could stretch for an hour, but if you're getting four hours of sleep and you're not eating properly and you're not rehydrating after exercise, after your physical activity, you've got no hope. So I would ask, are you helping those natural things? And then that's for us where, with Therabody as well, where we've been so focused on the science of our products. How does it help amplify those natural processes that are going? And you'll see a lot of our products, whether it's our massage guns, the Theragun, whether it's our pneumatic compression, what people know as recovery boots, what they're doing is, A, they're helping those natural processes, increasing circulation, helping getting the things our body needs to the right place in the body to help that process. So to me, it would be stretching is great, but it's not going to help those natural recovery processes as much as many other different behaviors that can help your recovery. So it's not an either or. I mean, basically, it's wonderful to stretch. There's no question. I've always gotten an F minus in stretching. Like I'll, I'll run 10 miles and walk away. It's like, no, come back, stretch. And of course, I got yelled at enough times where I finally did that. Okay, all right, all right. Sometimes you just like, you run out of time and whatever and back and forth. So I became much better at that. And actually, there are certain go-to stretches you just do. I mean, you don't only have to think about it. It's like, boom, you do them. The way I would look at stretching is we know no matter how great your genetics are, no matter how long you've been training and how long you've been physically active for, that sleep, nutrition, hydration, and kind of helping these natural processes in the body, every single one of them will help. When it comes to stretching, it'll be very, very individualized. And it might be based off the posture that you spend all day at. If you're, if you're a boring scientist like me, sat at your desk all day, or whether you're walking around a campus, you're working at a university and you're outside on your feet all day. But what we'll often find with stretching is it's very, very individual. You just called it out perfectly. You said there's some go-to stretches that you know. They're probably different to the go-to stretches that I would need to do if I was doing the same type of activity. Where are those areas in your body that might get a little tight, that you know get a little niggle, kind of aches and pains? Maybe that's worthwhile. 
there'll be some people on this planet that are, are so lucky that they can exercise all they want and they never get tight and they don't even need to stretch. So to me, that would be another key message with, to the friend that, that stretches and says that's enough for recovery is that's going to be very individual and it will not help everyone. But there's these other core things that are, are going to benefit everyone when it comes to recovery. Yeah, it's interesting. I ended up going for, during my more active running days, when I was really getting into it and I was doing marathon and the rest of it, I actually found yoga for runners to be like really a cool way to do the stretches. And they're kind of no-brainers and stuff. I found some of the regular runner stretches to be kind of like too army regimented. It's like, stop. I wanted something with a more of a nuance to it. And to your point, absolutely unique to me. They work like a charm. My quads, I call Thelma and Louise. That's actually what I call them because they'll just kill things. They'll kill hills. They'll kill. They're amazing. So my quads have always been there for me. Hamstring, I, I had a pretty good accident at one time. And boy, I'll tell you, recovery. I end up overstretching it on a sprint. And my gastrox couldn't be tighter if they tried. So I sit down, you know, this is a very interesting thing. When it comes to recovery, this is a golden opportunity to get to know your body. Sometimes I think people are just walking around with their heads and they don't even realize that they're associated with a body. Pay attention to your body parts. There are certain things that just work for you and other parts, maybe not so much. I'm tall, so I have to pay attention to my posture. And I have to pay attention to my lumbar sacral area really closely, which is why I do so much core work, kind of, you know, what's good for your ab is good for your back and back and forth and et cetera. But what I also find is when I take my Theragun and I just roll it up and down my back, whoa, that feels incredibly good because, you know, it really takes a beating when you're paying such attention to that cycle or whatever you're doing. And I love the fact that I'm kind of getting an anatomy 101 course on myself. It's like me, me 101, and I'm going to get to know how this whole thing works. And to your point, you know, you made earlier, a lot of people are trying new things now. So I got a newsflash for everyone who's trying new things. You're going to hurt because your muscles aren't adapted yet. They're not used to like what you're doing. I'll give you an example. Like I had never tried in my life pickleball. People used to laugh like 20 years ago, like, oh, that's for a bunch of old people. No, actually, you're dead wrong. Pickleball is a thing. 20-year-olds are doing it. They're killing each other on courts. It's a thing. And I learned it about a year and a half ago. And I never looked back. I mean, it is crazy. But I notice that what goes on there is very interesting. I mean, you're doing start-stop, start-stop, start-stop. And it is a very different dynamic on the legs. Um, at least in tennis, there's a little bit more time. But, you know, in pickleball, you're right up there in the, in the front court and you're like doing it. So I noticed that I was like my little knees and everything were talking to me and, you know, the area around them. And so I whipped out my Theragun and I went at it again saying, okay, calm down, guys. We're all good here. And I think that's important because so many people are now just taking it up. Tell us what would happen if someone had been sedentary most of their life and now suddenly, you know, the light bulb went off and they went, rot row, you know, I better take care of myself. 
now they're going to start some walking and then try to do a little relative to them, brisk walking, and maybe start adding in a little bit more of other things like stretches and maybe a little bit of strength training. So for someone who's been sedentary for a long time, what would your thoughts be about their recovery? Absolutely. And and before I jump to that, I'll have to add is so I recently took up pickleball myself. <laughs> All right, I'll meet you on the court. And I thoroughly enjoy it. But to your point, as someone who plays enjoys playing golf and enjoys lifting weights, but kind of the extent to really my physical activity, the same goes like I had realized I had muscles that I didn't even realize after I played pickleball. Because to your point, they haven't adapted. They're exposed to a new type of physical activity and they're like, they get angry. <laughs> they're, they're sore. They're complaining. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and to link it back actually, funny, funny enough to the stretching, the other really great piece of research we've done at, at Therabody has shown that your therigan will increase your range of motion as much as doing static stretching. But not only is it doing that, it's also increasing circulation. It's also helping reduce pain and soreness. So you're kind of killing two birds with one stone. So why would you stretch when you could use your surrogate? But going back to your question about that individual sedentary, and they're really just starting to get into their physical activity, and they're really enjoying that process. And to me, it would be two things. The first thing is everyone who's enthusiastic and wants to get into doing more physical activity, they tend to do too much too soon. And the key should always be slow, consistent progress. So that's on the physical activity side, slow, consistent progress. There will be a desire to jump right in. And if your goal is to be in it for the long haul, start slow, add a little bit here and there and enjoy it. When it comes to the recovery process in that, I think it's important as you start that physical activity, a lot of people jump right in. They kind of their focus is on what am I going to do? Am I going to go for that walk, that brisker walk, et cetera? And they're not even thinking about what else should I do? So this would be my checklist for you. First one is, is my diet, am I eating correctly for this physical activity that I'm going to be doing? Am I someone who maybe doesn't eat for four hours at a time? I eat my breakfast and I kind of skip over lunch or I'm one of these people that skips breakfast and whatnot. But if I'm going to be active, my body's going to use energy. Am I eating correctly for what I should be doing? Second one would be is your hydration. I'm in Florida. It is hot. You can go for a 15-minute walk here and I am sweating. So the question is, am I going to be hydrated? So if I'm going to go for this brisk walk, could be maybe it's in a gym on a treadmill. And it's kind of you love going with some friends. Maybe it's got some friends in a neighborhood and you're, you've started going for a couple mile walk every, every week. Am I thinking about hydration around it? Am I consciously making decisions to drink more after I do that activity? Sleep would be the next one. And then the last thing would be is, am I someone who would benefit from having these types of recovery devices? Am I someone who has aches and pains, but would love to be able to take control and kind of help relieve those aches and pains and not do it by having an ibuprofen, for instance. And I think, first of all, being more conscious of your recovery as you start on this physical activity journey is an amazing start. And then kind of ask yourself those questions and and what you could be doing to make recovery a behavior. I think that's a really great point just to, to kind of dial in on is Until recently, people have considered recovery to be this thing that just happens if you do nothing. Your body will recover naturally. But what we know now through the science is we can have an impact on that. We can make it better. And that recovery should actually be a series of different behaviors that help you be ready for that next lot of physical activity. I'm going to pile on that as it relates to sleep. 
when I first began triathlon training, my coach, one of the first things out of her mouth was, okay, here's the gig. If you're doing triathlon and if you're doing heavy duty training and stuff, which is what I was doing, I was learning, you know, it's three sports, swim, bike, run. She said, nine hours of sleep. I said, excuse me? She said, yeah, nine hours of sleep. And she said, you'll figure it out on your own, trust me, but you need sleep. And, and one of the worst things you could do in terms of just recovery, I don't care if you're just someone who's just learning how to walk really well and get on out there, or you just began a weight training program in addition, or whatever the issue may be, you need reparation and restoration from sleep. And your cells, the more they get hammered through physical activity, and that's all relative to the individual, the more they get hammered, the more sleep you need. Sleep is absolutely essential, especially as you age. Now, all by yourself, it's going to be important as you age. But now that you add in physical activity to recover appropriately, and interestingly, if you talk to athletes and if you look at sports science, which of course you have, as you age, you actually need more restoration time the day after the big exercise that you've done. You can't just, you know, do day after day after day after day. Maybe if you're a Simone Biles, I heard she's coming back to the Olympics. And, you know, if you're an elite athlete like that, okay, fine. I, I suppose you have some unbelievable schedule. But really for the rest of the 95% of people out there, you got to listen to your body. Just listen to it. You know what I really find helpful sometimes? I wear the aura ring. And so the aura has tremendous metrics for sleep. So I'll look at my heart rate variability closely. Now that's a, here's the simple version of that one. If the heart rate variability is higher, that shows that your heart is much better adapted to whatever the physical activity is. And it's a healthier heart. It's a healthier heart. You don't want a low heart rate variability. What do I mean by the high and low? It's completely dependent upon gender and age. So if you just simply Google it and look at the, the graphs, you'll figure out where you should be. I could double or triple my HRV with the appropriate amount of recovery. But if I shortchange myself on sleep, and you know, if I eat too late, whatever, all these behavioral things, I can mess that up really, really badly. And so that's why honor sleep, because that's a huge piece of this. And then you pile on everything else. Does that make sense? 100%. There's an incredible amount of changes that go on during sleep at a hormonal level, at a cellular level, at like all these restore, like restorative processes that you talk about. They come out at night <laughs> when you're sleeping. I couldn't agree more with the with the aura ring and the and the other kind of wearable kind of measuring devices that you see on the market today. They can provide great insights into what's going on in the body and how recovered you are. And I think what's really important to recognize though is, is something you spoke about, about knowing yourself. And I think every single one of your listeners can think about a day where they were more active than normal. For those of them that are the listeners that are very athletic, it could have been a, an extra hard training day. 
for others, it might have been you just had this big project in the yard you wanted to finish and you got real stuck in and, and you, by the end of it, you realized you spent eight hours in the yard working hard. Whatever it might be, everyone can think of a day where they were very active and then how they woke up and felt the next day. A little tired, stiff, etc. The other thing to think about is every single one of us here can think about a time when our sleep was bad. Could have been a red-eye flight. Could have been we, we went out and partied a little too hard over the holidays. Could be that we had a very early start the next day. But we also know that we don't feel good as humans when we don't get enough sleep. So if we kind of have compounding factors, a lot of activity, and then poor sleep, it's very obvious when, you, when you, you're not recovered and you're feeling pretty awful. That's something to think about. And so knowing yourself, and being smart enough to make those decisions to get enough sleep is a great way of doing it. And even just being conscious of how you're feeling is a great recovery monitoring tool to go along with the Aura Ring and these other types of technologies. All right, let's get real. Let's do a case study. So one of my team members had this kind of a scenario, and she's wondering how to incorporate recovery appropriately she eats fairly well. She sleeps quite well. She's really intuitive with her body, so that's good. She does yoga, oftentimes by herself or with some video or something like that because of time constraints and back and forth. A little bit of Pilates, right? And what she's picking up now more than anything else is she does mild running, nothing horrific. She's not looking to do you know, a half marathon. She just wants to stay very healthy because running is great for her bones and osteoporosis runs in her family. So she's very smart. And she's now just gotten the memo. It was sitting in her inbox, but she had not read it for a long time. And it was weightlifting. She has to stay strong because she's about 50 and she wants to sort of start building that. So she began doing a little bit of the physical, you know, a little bit of the weightlifting And she started noticing little owies here and there because, as you know, you're waking up your body. It's like, whoa, biceps, whoa, triceps, shoulder, chest, and the core and the rest of it. So her question is if she's going to, since she's got the other recovery elements kind of covered because you did that beautifully with your comprehensive laundry list, when would she use a Theragun? How would she use it? How long does she use it? So where I asked her, like where her little owies are kind of showing up, she has sometimes on her arms because, you know, she's got not a whole lot of muscle there yet. How does she use it? Is it before, after? Do you only use it after? Why don't you explain how a practical individual like this would actually use it? 100%. So I think the great thing to state about the Theragun is how incredibly versatile it is and all the different areas where we have seen in the research that we've done the benefits of it. So first and foremost is, so she's in the middle of this kind of starting this adding resistance training, weightlifting to her program. So she wakes up on the day and that day, on that day, she has planned, she has a light run in the morning and she's going to do 30 minutes of lifting weights in the afternoon let's say she wakes up and she is a little bit sore from what she's been doing recently so first thing i would do is i would have her use her therigan for about 30 seconds on the areas on the 30 seconds per muscle of the areas that she's about to use so before the run she would use it about 30 seconds on her calves hamstrings quads glutes even on the bottoms of her feet 
just as in terms of adding circulation, helping her warm up and prepare. We've been able to show that it'll increase circulation, it'll increase range of motion, but it won't reduce your strength or power. And it will also help reduce some of the soreness you experience afterwards. So if you use it before, you'll actually reduce the soreness you experience afterwards. So that's how I would start. You use it 30 seconds on those muscles before she goes out. When she gets back from her run, what we've seen is that kind of using the Theragun for this time for recovery, about up to two minutes per muscle is where you're going to maximize the benefits. So she can, after her run, she can choose to kind of, maybe it's the the areas that she feels the most fatigued. Maybe she's someone who, when she goes out for a run, you know what, her calves just, poof, they're tired. So use that Theragun for kind of two minutes there. Let's say then at that point, she sits at a desk. She's got her work day that she's normally doing, and she's kind of got those aches and pains from being sat at a desk. Her neck's a bit tight, stressful work day. That's where your Theragun becomes that great tool, uh, a little bit outside of recovery in terms of reducing tension, reducing stress. So she could use it kind of as needed there. And then we get to the weightlifting. And then same principles again. Her hours, are, that's her arms. So let's say she's going to be doing some upper body exercise on this day. So again, about 30 seconds, use it on those areas that you know you're going to use the most as that warm-up tool before you work out. If she wants to go really enthusiastic, we actually showed that if you use the Theragun on the main muscles that you're using in an exercise in the sets, so in the rest between sets, so this research study was done on the bench press, in between sets of bench press, they used the, the Theragun on the pectoral muscles and the arms, you could actually do more reps after you use the Theragun. So you could actually use it if you want it as a tool within the workout, but then again, use it as a recovery tool afterwards. It replaces stretching that you might do with using your Theragun for up to two minutes on those muscles you've used. And one really interesting nugget to share is we love to listen to our customers as well and our users of our products to hear from them and how they're using it. And a few years ago, we heard a lot of people saying, it relaxes me so much. And we know that the way that percussive therapy works can kind of, it really stimulates the nervous system in different ways. People said it really helps me relax. I actually think it helps me sleep. So what we did is we said, okay, well, we need to prove this. So we actually worked with a wearable technology that has a lab and we wanted to observe, does the Theragun actually help you sleep? So another thing for your friend here is sometimes when you start an exercise program, when you start physical activity, you often feel like a little bit restless. So maybe you are very tired, but then you're also struggling to fall asleep. And what we did in this research study is we had people measure their normal sleep for five weeks, and then we had them introduce using a Theragun before bed. So just six minutes a day, use it on their whole body before they would go to bed. And we actually showed that it helped people fall asleep faster. It actually helped them reduce the number of disturbances they had in their sleep as well, and ultimately get a better night's sleep. That's amazing. I mean, have you... So you measured metrics like deep sleep and REM and HRV and things like this. Yeah, exactly. And so what we saw is we saw a chronic increase in heart rate variability when you were using consistently using the Theragun. And we measured sleep latency, so how quickly you fall asleep, which was significantly improved, and the number of disturbances. How often do you wake up during the night, which was also improved. And one thing kind of to speak of is, as we kind of describe, okay, we have this case study, we want to know how do you introduce this into your day, is our Theragun is actually, we have an incredible app. And this app has a library of routines and it can be run warm-up, run recovery, upper body weightlifting warm-up, upper body weightlifting recovery, the sleep protocol I talked about, we did the research on. It exists in the app and it makes it easy for everyone, whether you're going for a walk and how do I use my Theragun before a walk 
all the way through to I play soccer or golf and a sport and how to integrate it in your life. And that's something that's massively important to us because it's an incredible tool. It's backed by science, but only if you use it in the right way at the right time. So you've been overseeing these studies because you know I'm a clinical scientist and I'm all about follow the science. Wow, where have I heard that before? Follow the science. And what I love about this is that you've gone to the trouble of actually engaging and collaborating with other scientists to be able to really understand what the impact of this kind of a tool is, because it's a tool. So for anyone who wants to be physically active, which better be everyone out there, for all of us, we have our own toolbox. If I look at my little toolbox, I'm like, what do I got? And one of the things that really was important to me was, you know, I can see my pillow in there. That reminds me of sleep, you know, make sure you get your sleep. And I've got some little fruits and vegetables in there. Those are my little tools too, because of clean eating and fueling my body appropriately for sport and just physical activity in general. But I also have my little Theragun. And the reason why is when I get those owies and we all get them, and if you don't have them, you haven't lived, then you have to address the issue. Don't walk around in pain for crying out loud. And people do that all the time, surprisingly. It's like, what are you thinking? And then to your other point, it's like, why are you popping a pill and ibuprofen and stuff when all you have to do is whip out the massage gun and just work on yourself? Where, where does it hurt the worst and back and forth? So and it also helps relationships because you can say, hey, honey, can you please get my back right about there? Just putting it out there, this could be an interesting side benefit Therabody should address. And I know that the Therabody company is really reaching out to both men and women. Congratulations. I mean, it's just so important. <laughs> you know, hey, don't forget us. Because women now are becoming so physically active. They're really coming out and they're just saying, let's do it. And the young ones, instead of saying, oh, let's meet over coffee, they're saying, hey, I'm going to do a run. Let's run together. Hey, let's walk together. Let's cycle together. Let's blah, blah, blah. Some, something involving physical activity. Let's hit the gym. Let's talk in between sets. And I'm like, music to my ears. <laughs> so what took you so long? So it's just important to know that companies like their body are out there really trying to help people address the whole issue of getting the most out of physical activity, doing it safely, and doing it in a way that's sustainable. Does that sound like it kind of sounds like what you guys are doing? Absolutely. Spot on. I really couldn't say it any better than that. I think it's important for us to help as many people with their unique needs. And, and we're a believer in there's no one size fits all. And to your point, for us, that's why kind of addressing some of the inequality in women's health is so important to us as well. And investing in that and doing research on how our products can have a positive impact through a woman's life. That really sums it up. And for us, science is the core equity of that. It's how we discover the truth and how we kind of then ensure that we provide the best products and best services for everyone. And thanks for honoring the differences between men and women, because we're a different shape. We have other vulnerabilities. One of the most obvious is the whole knee issue in women. They're just much, much more prone to knee injuries. We are always watching out for that and back and forth. So this is cool. How do we learn more about 
the massage gun and just all the recovery tools. So I think the best place for for learning is our website, therabody.com. So that's T-H-E-R-A-B-O-D-Y.com. And excitingly, you're going to see more and more sites appearing on the website and kind of excitingly some new products coming soon as well. So yeah, check it out there and also our social media channels as well. And we're excited to continue to bring some great content and science-backed information on how to help your body. Okay, well, there's the new science of exercise recovery for everyone out there on the Herb Podcast land. Tim Roberts has been our expert guest. He is the Vice President of Global Science and Innovation at Therabody in great background in exercise physiology, overseeing the science, which is just absolutely amazing. And you know me, you got me with the science. You realize that. It was like, okay, pony up with the science and get my attention. And you did. And congratulations with that, because I'm not using anything on my body that's not backed by science. And I love the fact that you've really gone out of your way to get it done, to execute it. So thank you, Tim, so very much. And everyone out there, run on over to iTunes right now, rate and review the show, because I want to hear from you. My whole team wants to hear from you, especially the people who had the questions for Tim, because I know that they're sitting there taking all kinds of notes. And here is another shout out to our sponsor, Solaray Vitamins, S-O-L-A-R-A-Y vitamins.com. And we kept talking about clean eating and clean nutrition. You better run on over there and make sure you're doing your multivitamin on a daily basis, especially the liposomals. Yes, siree. And read about the other women's supplements that you need for a way to be able to optimize your own health and well-being. And that includes calcium and vitamin D. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, bones. Oh, what a wonderful episode. I just love talking about everything that has to do with physical activity because it's so good for your mind and your body. Why is it so important? Because I'm Dr. Pam Peek. That's why. I'm host of the Herb Podcast. Follow me on Facebook at Dr. Pam Peek or Twitter and Instagram at Pam Peak MD. And remember to catch every single episode of the Her Podcast on all the platforms. Start with Radio MD, then iTunes, and Spotify, and just keep going. It's just so cool. Thanks for showing up, listening, and enjoying this episode. Stay safe and stay well.